thank you for joining us on this episode of the Comics Pals Reviews. Today we are here to talk about the, gotta get that in there, the Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Uh, this, of course, the pseudo-sequel to David Ayers slash Warner Brothers slash the uh that weird the, trailer production yeah. company that <laughs> the ch- chopped and screwed it like a remix album <laughs> yes yes indeed uh very very loose sequel um in the sense that it's not a sequel um this is only the first dc film to come out um well i should say the second no the third it's the third dc movie to come out post pandemic wow wow yeah. oh my god yeah Wait, yeah. what am I missing? Wonder Woman and Justice Black Widow. Oh, Snyder, Snyder cut. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, wow. I already got rid of that from my brain. So yeah, I'll like never it. be able to forget it. So I took up too much storage. It's like a hard drive up there. You know, I just got to get rid of the big files. Defrag it. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this more than you enjoyed mm. that. Uh, <laughs> before we get into our thoughts about the film, uh, I do want to let you guys know how you can support us if you want to follow us wherever it is that you're listening leave us a rating and a review if that happens to be youtube subscribe for free like the video share it with your friends all that stuff is free to do and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you hit the notification bell as well so you can uh, know when we drop new content listen to our main show the comics pals which drops every single week we had a little suicide squad conversation over there so if you want to check that out it drops every monday it's out right now so go listen to that um let's let's do it we're gonna start this the same way we start all of our movie reviews now hopefully you guys have not cheated tyler doesn't know so i, I you know i don't know if tyler's ever listened to one of our he could have cheated. Uh, i know it's you're talking about the, the scores right yeah okay okay yeah, yeah. Awesome. i know i know i know the bit did you, yeah. cheat? Did you cheat i didn't cheat no because right. i forgot about it i told you not much room up here <laughs> only certain things are up there you 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 sure do have a lot of room for nonsense comic book knowledge though yeah, I should probably get rid of the Orbs uh, Ghost Rider history at one point. All right. So for those of you who aren't smartened up, uh, the way we do this is uh, we're going to guess the tomato meter and audience scores from RottenTomatoes.com. And whoever gets closest to both scores without going over will win the game. What do you win? A no prize. Who wants to be? The man on the wall. Oh, I think I saw Pete's hand go up first. I think I got there first. <clears throat> Good, Petey. I feel pretty confident. Um, I want to say 95% for both. Oh. I think, oh, that, okay. I think wow. that they're both going to be really high. Because um, okay, I, I, okay. I, I, think, I think for a couple of reasons. I think James Gunn, obviously a very good, competent director. I genuinely thought the movie was very good. And I also think that the bar is really fucking low for DC movies. So the, I think that that will probably give it a bit of a bump as well in terms of like the audience reaction and stuff. Um, I think this movie has a lot going for it. So I think that the reviews are going to skew high. So I want to go with 95 because I don't think anyone's going to be brave enough to go higher than that. <laughs> I like that, dude. Staking your claim. Yeah. Okay. I like that. But these... uh. They're not prices right rules, right? So like it's just no, it is. closer. Okay. Closest oh, it is. without going over. So yeah. if it's so ninety four, I'm fucked. You're going all in. I'm all in. Right. Yep. Uh Phil, uh, you're up. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm gonna say critically, this movie has an eighty three percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, I think okay. that's way too low. 
You think yeah, so? I, think I could so. be totally wrong. Uh, I'm trying to be a little bold myself, perhaps. But I believe a robust 88% from the audience score. Okay. I think I can I can put my, my hat in the ring here. Yeah. I'm going to say that the, the critical score is, is high. Uh, Pete, you said 95? 95, I said, yeah. I'm going to go 93 okay. on this. Mm. Um, but mm. I you, think the audience score bet. is much lower. Um, because I did read Snyder fans bombing, review bombing this. Oh, oh really? Oh no! They're always Shit, they're always doing that. stuff. No. Um, mm-hmm. If it's not a Snyder movie or stroking uh, stroking the Snyder fans ego, uh, so I would say because I think the people actually reviewing it that are fans, it's going to be positive. Mm-hmm. But then you got to skew this this thing. Um, doing some Steiner math in my head. Uh, I think <laughs> we're going to go with, let's go with a 69% yeah. on the <laughs> 93 and 69. Okay. Just said 96. Nice. Oh, yeah. Repeating, of course. I think, I think this was a really competently made film. Yeah. To the like to the point where I like could see the things they were doing that James Gunn was doing, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> I've never watched a movie, uh, so I think I think the tomato meter the 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 meter meter is going to be pretty high. Meter meter. Meter is really good. I'm gonna even lowball Tyler. I'm gonna say 92. Okay. Okay. And then. Boy, you got you really got to account for those Snyder fans. They, they always always ruin things. A solid B plus. I'm gonna say like an 87. Okay. Okay. All right. And so, as it turns out, someone was exactly right. Oh fuck! It wasn't me. Someone was exactly right. Who was it? It was Kale. Wow. What? What? For both? Holy shit. So, what? 92? 92 tomato meter, 87 audience. Never. That's got to be your first victory. Yeah. Yeah. I never got it right. Not once. Has anyone ever gotten it? on target like that that was unbelievable that has happened holy shit but not not with that wide of a gap either like usually it, they're both closer together where i think where someone's gotten them both right because i know both marco and i have gotten both right but it's like movies that were really popular and it's like, oh they're both 98 or whatever okay <laughs> good job uh that's a spread and, i'm impressed so <laughs> what you earn kale other than the no prize which i will be mailing to you shortly Tremendous. is you get to share your thoughts first you actually saw the movie before the rest of us because of your location in the world so why don't That's you right. share your thoughts uh spoiler free i assume uh yeah just for the start i love this movie Ooh. i really did i had a great time um <clears throat> i I even like to a certain degree went in a little bit skeptical, um, but and I think I, I I said this on the um, on the show last week. Um, never got to see the trailers because every time I saw the trailer, we watched it on the show, and we don't get sound. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I ever saw was on the show without sound. So I never mm-hmm. even watched the trailers. 
Um, this movie, man, works and it works hard and it's good. I'll jump in after it. Um, I agree with everything Kel said. This movie fucking slaps. Uh, I thought it was shot really well. Um, I think knowing that, you know, there was that kind of conversation around James Gunn um, feeling like, you know, that there was fatigue maybe a little bit with like the superhero formula. I think you see that in this movie, but not in the he's fatigued and diminishing returns way, but in a I've done this before. How do I do something new? And Mm. I think like there are a lot of really creative shots. There are a lot of really, really tight uh, action sequences. And I think the thing that I found myself thinking throughout was that this movie works really well as just an action movie, right? Like yeah. if this wasn't the Suicide Squad if it, and it was just the same set pieces with, you know, just a bunch of actors that you know by name um, doing cool shit, I think it would be still a good movie um, because it's just so competently shot. And those things are fun, divorced from the fact that it also happens to be a good, you know, DC Comics movie and that it has some really cool, you know, um, deeper pulls from the DC universe that are things that I never necessarily thought we'd see on screen. Um, So, yeah, I think the fact that it succeeds on both of those levels. um, Yeah, I walked away from it feeling similarly, I think, to Kelly, very high. Um, It's not, you know... Uh, the most emotionally moving movie I've ever seen in my life or something like that. But like, it's a damn fun, damn competent action movie with a really good snappy script, a likable cast of characters and, uh, and a, and a really good talented group of actors who I thought all brought something to the table. Yeah, no, I, I, I also really liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. So I wasn't, I, I was kind of maintaining my hype for it. I, I was, you know, I didn't want to get too excited for something um, that I might have to watch at home uh, and be distracted on my phone for. Um, thankfully, I did see this in theaters, so that's good. But then last week, once Kale mentioned that he really liked it, I'm like, oh, if Kale likes something. <laughs> that got me hyped for it. It really did. Yeah, I was like, too. this movie probably fucking slaps if Kale yeah. liked it. <laughs> you got to fucking, you want to talk about how how reliable the tomato meter is. The kill, yeah, the kill, the kill right? <laughs> Anything that gets above a seventy is like that's oh, a masterpiece. <laughs> hmm. No, so like, the, like after last week, I'm like, oh shit, this is like coming up in a week. Like this is, I'm pretty, pretty excited for this, um, and I really enjoyed it. Am I allowed to like give uh, original Suicide Squad spoilers and the non-spoiler stuff? Yeah, I think that's sure. Safe. Okay, yeah, because because the original Suicide Squad is a dreary uh, one note slog of a movie in my opinion mm-hmm. um we don't see any kind of uh real teamwork and it's it's just it's it's not it's not fun i don't think any of the jokes really land in that movie this is like the exact opposite of that movie um i think what what james gunn has done here is taken you know the real fun ensemble movie that you you know he showed he can do with guardians of the galaxy and he does it here again and like this as an ensemble uh, is fantastic. Uh, all of the characters like really work. Um, yeah, I just um, I had a lot of fun with this. Like I came out of this being like, oh, I'll probably not go to a movie theater theater and a theater again anytime soon. But like, I'm glad it was this movie that that I saw. So yeah. 
I think it was good. I liked it, but I don't think it was great. I thought I, that would be your response. I thought, without giving too much away, I think it was pretty clunky in parts. Um, I don't think all the jokes landed. I think it was kind of hit and miss in that regard, but that's not really a big criticism. Um, but what I really liked about it, again, without going into too much detail, is I think it was extremely stylish. I think it's very refreshing when we have a director that's able to do very unique things in a blockbuster movie setting, like he does, like J- James Gunn does here, which is always very nice to see visually. Um, but I don't think it was brisk. I found myself frustrated at points with the length of the movie, and that's I fair. think it slogs in the middle big time. Two and a half hour long movie. Yeah. (laughs) However, the climax is phenomenal. So it's a good movie. I liked it quite a bit. I think it's, uh, I don't know, maybe my favorite movie I've seen in 2021 of new releases. But we haven't had a ton of options. And certainly it's the best of the superhero films. Uh, For me, I also thought it was good. It was pretty good. Uh, I don't, I didn't like love it. I'm not. as high on it as uh, the other guys here. Um, It was good. It felt very, very much like Guardians. And James Gunn has a certain style to him that, you know, I could see the wheels turning and I could feel the parts where he was like, okay, now I really want you to feel connected to this character. Now I'm going to reel you in. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, ah, it doesn't, because it's so obvious and blatant, it it almost like has the opposite effect of repelling me mm-hmm. um yeah 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 i i agree with that i that, that's actually a problem i have with the movie is uh, i had a hard time having emotional connection with the characters in this film for the most part um it's like a tough line with this too i i found that when it when it wasn't so inorganic i was able to but there were times when it felt very i mean organic right like you i know pick that apart but like it just didn't always feel earned um and so that was an issue and i really didn't love the end um really I, if you've seen the trailers well did the villain appear in the trailers uh i think if you stop yeah. at a certain frame uh, it does. i won't even yeah. get into it it's yeah that's i didn't love i didn't love that interesting um, i thought interesting. that, that okay. i thought that character's presence in the movie actually is a part of what made it clunky for me because they had to jump through hoops to explain how this was possible, why the Suicide Squad would care about that. And that I felt was, was uh, I had some trouble with that. Um, one thing you guys didn't mention that I, this was the best part, was the cast. I thought that the cast was incredible. Um, I was able to fall in love with some of these characters like Bloodsport played by Idris Elba because of the, the performance. This reminded me of why I love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn after not really enjoying her that much in Birds of Prey. Um, and also uh, Ratcatcher 2, like, I come love on. that character, yeah. Amazing, she was amazing. Um, and major props to John Cena, who I think with this turn <laughs> delivered in a way that now he's a legitimate actor. Yeah, I love John Cena. Yeah, so it's funny. This wasn't the first legit movie I've seen him in. Um, like I saw him in. He was in that uh, family, not family. It was an R-rated comedy, Cockblockers. I think it was called or whatever. Yeah, and I liked him a lot in that. And I was like, he's genuinely funny in this. And like, he was happy to be like a goon in that. You know, and the fact that like 
a lot of his like lines in this are like kind of at his own expense. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you. Like, I feel like this is a real uh, cementing in my mind that he can carry a movie. This was a, a star-making turn. Yeah. Uh, uh, not to go too much into spoilers, but what I do know is James Gunn, while well, he was like preparing for the role, told him to be Captain America, but a lot more douchey. <laughs> what he is. It's it works. Yeah, it works. Uh, let, let, let me get through this so yeah. I can do the spoiler stuff. Um, and it has a definite style that is unique to it. Um, and if you continue to listen, I'm going to answer the question of whether or not I think James Gunn uh, broke the mold because remember he said superhero films are getting boring. And I said that I was going to judge this movie pretty harshly given his, his, his statement. Um, I will answer that question. Um, Now, before we get into the spoiler section, we are going to retread, frankly, uh, a game that I thought worked really well (laughs) when we did our suicide squad book club. Everyone oh. right now is oh, going to no. come up with their code name. Oh, it cannot shoot. be the same one you had before. And who you cannot oh, use anyone's real name. You, If you use their real name, that's a point against you. And whoever has the most points against them at the end will die. Okay. Can I make it my, my okay. Uh, all right. I, I know what mine's going to be. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, God. You're gross. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if any of y'all... Uh, saw like we're paying attention in the credits but you know how like films will always credit actors by appearance mm-hmm. so uh, with Ratcatcher they <laughs> they credited her rats <laughs> the rats who played Sebastian and one of the rat actors names was Crisp Rat and I thought that was really funny <laughs> oh nice <laughs> that's nice. pretty good that's good. so that's gonna be my code name is Crisp <laughs> All right. I'm just uh, eating a pop tart. So my name's Pop Tart. Good. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go by Blood Shark. Not not Blood Sport, but Blood uh, Shark. Great. Yeah. yeah, on brand. I'm going to go by the MVP of this movie, the Weasel. Nice. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to be. I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna be Delta. Oh no! Oh, For boy. a second, I really <laughs> thought you were gonna just put Sean Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real person. Uh, okay, so from this point forward, none of us are allowed to say each other's names. You can only refer to that person by their code name. If you do, if you mess up, that's a point against you. Now, spoiler-free section is over. We are jumping into the spoiler section, and I have something that I need to get off my chest. I am so happy that Pete Davidson died in the first five minutes. First five minutes. I fucking hate him. Ooh. I was so glad he died. Kale, you told me without telling me that it happened, and I You're was welcome, baby. so happy. Kale, I knew to expect it. You both absolutely said Kale. spoiled that. You both the... said Kale. Oh shit! Boom! Did I? <laughs> yep. Come on, Delta. Okay. Sure. Oh, uh, Delta and Crisp, y'all suck. <laughs> right. Pop Tart definitely spoiled that on the last episode because uh, he was like, "Spoiler free." Whatever's yeah, the I, thing I, that you want I, to happen, happened. And I was like, I know what's the thing you want to happen. See, so I had I it know. in my head the entire time. And mm-hmm. literally, mm-hmm. The, in that opening scene, um, I said to, to my fiance, Sarah, I was like, okay, at least, like, five of these characters are going to die right now. And and I know Pete Davidson's one of them. <laughs> yep, yep. Right off the rip. I like how we got his butthole eyes just shot right off. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I was so happy that yeah. that made that like the movie could 
couldn't be less than an eight just off that alone. I, mean, <laughs> I that, legitimately, I che- I cheered. Oh yeah, you guys are so fucked up. <laughs> that was hype. Yeah, um, I think that's why you cast Pete Davidson. Something though, sure. he's got like an unlikableness to him that. <laughs> If it's worked in this, if Hollywood will promise me that in every movie that comes out during the coronavirus pandemic, that Pete Davidson will die in the first five minutes, I'll go see all the movies. <laughs> I will fully fund Hollywood myself. The phrase is punchable face. Yeah, yeah. sure. So uh, I, I think the movie opens really well because it mm-hmm. doesn't really waste a lot of time. No, it doesn't. The, the, the original first... Suicide Squad took forever yep. to to get anywhere with it. Yeah, and they we... don't show us anyone's like power set in the first one. It's just like, oh, let me tell you what this guy can do. You won't find out for an hour. And it was like, tell you. let's have a bullet point list of why they're yeah. cool, like all that stuff. Like it felt like it yeah. just kind of was like, all right, two. Let's get into it. Yeah. The original was... one had two bullet point lists of why they're cool. That's true. It was kind of cute, but it was grating. And yeah. um here they really didn't waste much time we 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 basically got right into it um which i enjoyed with a scene uh featuring savant um who's played by um the same guy who played yandu michael Rooker. Uh, yeah michael Rooker. yes um fun uh little easter egg right out the gate uh savant is traditionally a birds of prey villain um Hmm. and he's he, he kills a bird with his ball nice and then when he dies a, a canary lands on him and starts to pick at him representing well not necessarily but like black canary right yeah um so just that's cool yeah that's well, cool i think oh. i think the bird is also a symbolism for being able to fly free and these guys aren't at all in this sure. whole movie i didn't even think about that um there's there's a lot of birds there's there's the the birds in the cage Mm-hmm. that right. we see later on they're the cartoon birds with uh, harley there's that bird king shark sees bird imagery yeah you're right yeah. yeah a lot of a lot of dead animals and uh if you know me you know that i really really hate seeing animals harmed in any way and so i was struggling with that a little bit when they killed the birds that was i was viscerally upset by that moment yeah, yeah. that's so um, big time <laughs> but also uh i don't i don't know about you sean but like this Ooh. is Damn it. Damn. Okay, I'm going to die. Somebody's, key, somebody's keeping track, right? Yeah. Um, when, when, like, way later, when Sebastian, the rat sidekick, uh, was in the middle of the action, I was like, I swear to God, if James oh, yeah. Gunn kills this rat, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing the movie kind of establishes is that no one's really safe here. Yeah. Man, woman, or animal could be picked off at any time. But the only time you kind of think these characters might get out of it is when uh, Idris Elba and the rat catcher character, uh, actress say to each other, like, we'll make sure you get out of this alive. Because then mm-hmm. that's a tell, like, okay, th- those two will get out of it alive. They were marked for life. Yeah, yeah. They, were, yeah. they were safe. Um, we see a lot of early death like the the, yeah. the real like opening action sequence after they kind of like form the team and stuff we see you know uh the the w- what's represented as as like the old suicide squad i guess because it features um harley and uh rick flag and boomerang. captain boomerang 
they and and some others, uh, Weasel, uh, Pete Davidson, uh, TDK, <laughs> they go to Corto Maltese and they are immediately confronted by this army and they just die. It's Pete a, Davidson's the yeah. fucking rat. It's a oh, great right. scene too, because you're like, oh, like you just start seeing the pieces just fall, like the dominoes fall down. You're like, oh shit. It's yeah. no uh, one it's, safe. It's an I think, effect. Good. I was gonna say, I think Harley has a little bit of plot armor with her. Like you can yeah. kind of say, like yeah. she's gonna be safe, but like everyone else, you're like, oh, especially after they they instantly kill Boomerang, one of the previous Suicide Squad members. Like, oh, this is this the stakes are real here. Yeah, it's uh, funny because I figured every one of those characters would die. But I yeah. thought that the team was going to get gradually picked off, not like we're going to wipe out half of these motherfuckers right now. So, like, I remember thinking, okay, Harley safe, Flag safe, Captain Boomerang safe, like, and it was like, nope, okay, he's gone. All right. All bets are off. <laughs> well, that's why it's a, a pretty effective kind of bait and switch from the marketing standpoint. A lot of these actors and characters were featured pretty prominently in the marketing of the film, including mm-hmm. Pete Davidson. Um and the fact that these characters get picked out right away is a really, really effective way to kind of put you, you know, like waist first into the movie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like oh, I don't fuck. remember seeing Ratcatcher like in any of the promotional material or anything like that. But like Weasel, I remember seeing a lot of. Right. And it's like. Mm. <laughs> Fucking that was Mon- so funny. Mongal was there. <laughs> is that an <laughs> alien? What the fuck? I thought she'd be a little more sturdy than that. But right. Yeah. yeah. She died uh, like such a punk. Yeah. <laughs> that was also a really effective way to leverage the sequel element of this movie uh, to use characters who we're familiar with, who we, th- yeah. we would imagine are safe to say, mm-hmm. no, they're not safe. Uh, so that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good opening. And then we see that there's like this whole other team that, um, that Amanda Waller has, has put together. I, I don't know the the whole intro to Bloodsport and his storyline. Uh, it, it was immediately kind of like, oh, so he's got the daughter, and mm-hmm. you know, it it felt like a carbon copy of Will Smith's character, um, Deadshot, just kind of like amped up, I but, guess, but like a fucking asshole, you know? Yeah, like- <laughs> it was like it was twisted just a little bit. Yeah, it was almost yeah. like a nod to Deadshot, like, oh, we couldn't get Will Smith, but uh, here's this almost exact replica. But this guy's a total asshole. And he's got an accent. Yeah. yeah. They were allowed to make him that, you know, yep. because it wasn't Will Smith. Will yeah. Smith yeah. would yep. probably never allow himself to do that. Um, he just was like, whatever, I'll be a dick. Like- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Stringer Bell? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. God, don't even say that. Name, dude. We <laughs> can just start talking about The Wire. Um, I love Idris Elba, obviously. And this, man. I've always been upset that he's not a bigger um, movie star. Obviously, he's got TV shows like Luther, but um, on the big screen, he's just not that present. So I love the fact that he was essentially the main character. You can make an argument for Harley, but this felt like a movie that was centered around him in a lot of ways. And I think he did a tremendous job. He really is a great actor. I wish Mm -hmm. he would get more credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's one of those actors that... And anytime you talk about him, everyone's like, oh, he's wonderful. He's a great actor and we love him, but like he's not a movie star. But I feel like he should be. Like he's great. He's super attractive. He's got a great accent and he's good at doing other accents. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I was really happy to see him be, you know, I, you could argue maybe that he's not the main character, but he's definitely the male lead in the movie. You know, like yeah. he's the guy. He's 
you know, one of the most featured characters in all the posters, all the promotional stuff. So He's really the heart of it. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I hope that this leads to more opportunity like this for him uh, moving forward because I'd love to see him carry more stuff. Yeah, if you would have told me that Bloodsport and Ratcatcher would be the heart of a movie, what are you talking about? <laughs> I would have said, gone. who are you? Who? who are yeah, you exactly. About? Who the fuck like, is Ratcatcher 2? See, I knew yeah, Ratcatcher. Yeah. Bloodsport was outside of my knowledge. So, so that, that what, was is this a, what is this, a James Gunn movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love, by the way, that Ratcatcher was not just Ratcatcher. She was Ratcatcher 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that said... Terrific cameo from Taika Waititi as Ratcatcher yeah. One. Yep. Yeah, I really good. love that. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, that was that was really cool. I, I like seeing him there. That was one I of read... the emotional beats that felt less forced to me. Mm-hmm. Like I like that. Yes. I read uh, that uh, because Akira got canceled, he was able to do this. Oh, that's funny. Um, that hilarious. hilarious. Well, we might as well talk about Ratcatcher Two. Uh, so. Perhaps a scene that felt forced, maybe you guys disagree, is when she's kind of recounting her childhood and, and being uh, yeah. Ratcatcher 2 and everything. Now, narratively and from a script perspective, it, I, I thought it was super forced, but visually using the bus mirror as a technique yes. to show it, loved that a lot. I think that was why I was I was willing to forgive it a little bit. Like, I definitely agree when, when, um, when Sean made the... I'm gonna die. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> when Delta made the point that uh, that um, see now I'm thrown <laughs> that that there was kind of those forced emotional beats. That was the first one that came to mind for me. Um, I felt like pretty much any time that the characters were like, "This is my backstory," like it felt that way a little bit. Um, but that was one of the ones, and also I felt similarly about like Polka Dot Man explaining his backstory, but both of them felt like they paid off in ways that were worth it. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, you know, the fact that we had a nice enough visual representation of that, that was very creative. And I liked the Taika Waititi moment. I kind of felt willing to forgive it in the same way that with the Polka Dot Man thing, he mentions this whole thing so they can have that visual gag of, presenting his mother in these very strange (laughs) scenarios and that got a pop for me every time because it it i didn't think it would be a thing that would get used more than once and it feels like a thing that could very easily be overused but it was done creatively enough that i i I kept with it yeah it was funny once yeah i think the rat catcher uh flashback thing was necessary to have that emotional beat at the very end yeah um did it need to be as long as it was no i think you could shave off maybe 10 15 minutes of this movie to be honest yeah um probably uh, you went to film school or some shit didn't you i have a screenwriting degree yeah isn't there a trope about like elevator conversations or something that sort of um i can't i'm i'm not positive but it's like a a specific trope that exists specifically to give background character information a la this bus scene that has something to do with like an elevator i think it's just like in travel something like that like yeah, like, to, like that maybe you're also helping it move the characters in a physical space but also giving story in the meantime because hmm. otherwise it'd be boring if you just saw them in a car um hmm. yeah i mean Same I, reason yeah go ahead I also own, I also had pet rat had five pet rats four pet rats, so like I was like 
you better not kill a fucking rat in this movie. <laughs> I was very happy had... about how pro rat this movie was. Me too. <laughs> I didn't realize we had Rat Catcher three on the show. <laughs> that would be that would be my fiance actually. It would, they were her rats, but I I, I, wanna, I grew to I just, love them. I just want to. Did Pop Tart say the name, the real name of Bloodshot there? No. No. Didn't catch mm. it. Mm. Nobody caught it. That means I'm it happened. Sure. Count it. Count it. <laughs> Listen, I don't even remember it, to be honest. Nobody heard it. You... <laughs> um, I think I heard it. Oh, well. It's probably because it's my name, you so to, you're you not attuned to, uh, to it too well. Check the record. That's, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to check that record. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, um, yeah, I, I, I felt similarly about the king shark when he's uh, when he's like, oh, I, I, I have no friends. Um, I felt like king shark was rocket. For this movie yeah uh which mm-hmm. by the way great character was responsible for several of the funny moments mm-hmm. and i think sylvester stallone did a, did a great job that's but, so wild i know right <laughs> i forgot about it until the credits and i was like oh my god right <laughs> uh but again i felt like i could feel that james gunn wanted me he was trying to reel me in i was like ah nah, i don't know man i'm not gonna give in this time Honestly, for me, I was letting him take me in. I'm like, oh, a DC movie is trying to make me feel something. Okay, finally. For, for fucking King Shark? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll let you do this for once. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with you, Sean, that it was transparent, no. but I, I very much, I think, fell on the side of it with Tyler where I was like, whatever. Like, I'm enjoying myself. Fine. Yeah. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll bite. I, you bite like a shark. <laughs> and uh, you said his name, Blood Shark's name. I'm dead. I'm going. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm point, already like five or six down. Like whatever, you know. At this point, the game's not even fun. <laughs> lost so bad. Someone's gonna have to do a lot of work. Y'all are gonna have to get way worse at this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought King Shark fell really flat. A lot of the jokes. Um. The scenes where he was badass, I really liked. There's a scene mm-hmm. toward the end of the movie where he falls out of a tower and gets shot up by uh, all the uh, Wenta's kind of firepower and, and uh, uh, he still gets up and just, you know, eats them and it's great. Uh, but as like a comedic tool, uh, just uh, every scene with that, I felt really bogged it down. Can we talk about one of the really impressive things this movie did was uh, made Joel Kinnaman likable? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've... There's there have been very few things where I've watched Joel Kinnaman and I'm like, oh, this is he is playing a compelling role right now. I enjoyed Rick Flagg in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did too. Strangely, I enjoyed him in the last one, to be honest. Really? So, okay. Yeah. I, there was no enjoyment in it for me. I didn't feel particularly <laughs> strong about him in the last one. Like he felt like a very like one like one note character. Um, whereas yeah. in in this movie, I definitely I don't know I I the I think the script does its characters a lot of favors. Mm-hmm. That's a James Gunn thing. Yeah, and this movie too, especially with Rick Flagg's uh, arc throughout it, it's doing the thing that Marvel movie. It's it's doing the opposite of what Marvel movies do, where it's saying screw the uh, the U.S. Uh, industrial complex uh, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, where the Marvel movies are pretty <laughs> much just stroking yeah, it the entire way. Just does it sort of? <laughs> because uh, I think I think it does. I mean, Rick, Rick Flagg was all ready to tear that down, I which think I was like, yeah fuck, yeah, fuck you, Rick Flagg. Maybe, fuck yeah, Rick Flagg. Maybe not the whole movie, but his whole thing of being like, 
oh yeah, like fuck this. Like I, you know, I I want to release this information to the public. Is um that was yeah. I, um, I, he, I I'm with you there. He was a terrific juxtaposition to Peacemaker. In fact, mm-hmm. um, kind of backpedal just a little bit. The middle part of the movie where they go to the club or the bar and they're on the, the bus and stuff, I thought that was all clunky and I thought it bogged down the movie big time. I got very I got very bored with it and I don't get bored of movies very often. In fact, insofar, when they're sitting at the bar, I thought, when did a cowboy join the team? Because <laughs> he was wearing a cowboy hat and I forgot who he was. I thought that was a very odd choice because they're like, we need to blend in. <laughs> you put the one of the three white guys on this whole fucking island in a cowboy hat and the other one's in a dad polo. And I'm like, mm, I think Precisely. you look like Americans. But when we get to the scene later where, where we find out the U.S. is completely behind the Project Starfish experiments and, and what they did to distance their government from it, and it puts Peacemaker, who's kind of like a double-double agent for uh, for uh, Viola Davis' character, Amanda Waller, yeah. uh, versus Flag. That's when there's some really good tension built back into the movie because those two characters uh, have seemingly similar jingoistic paths, but clearly one is completely broken away from it and the other is fucking U.S. agent in Marvel terms. Well, I also thought uh, Rick Flagg was a little bit, a little bit disillusioned after mm-hmm. the first one. Mm-hmm. So well, after the first in- one, and also after, I'm sure after being, uh, you know, betrayed on on the other side of the island at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess I just meant like that was a precursor to to you know that. To, to, yeah, to how absolutely. No, I'm agreeing. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I feel like to your point. Um, this movie scripted a good job of of uh, of building on that and giving him an arc, which you know yeah. I think is what we're responding to. We're like, wow, an actual character arc! Look at that. Yeah, that's that's what surprised me, honestly. Yeah, and I was I was sad when he died because me too. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I liked him in the first one. Liked him even more here. I was like, ah oh, man, damn the character. Like I'm not gonna say he's the character I like the most, but like I was really connecting with him, and now he's gone. And and I think the fact that the two lead characters being um uh what's Idris Elba's name again? Bloodsport. Uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Uh, being Bloodsport. Oh, that's me. Being Bloodsport and um and Harley Quinn, and that those are two characters that feel like loners who don't really have friends, and that they were both friends with him. It also serves as like a positive, um, emotionally motivating factor for the two actual lead characters. So like. Yeah, I thought that that he, like it sucked that he died, and I was sad about it. But it also it felt like it reinvested me in what was happening on a personal level a little bit more. Yeah, I also like how he gets uh, the way he dies is he gets stabbed in the heart, right on a bootleg Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny shirt, which that was oh that was crazy. That made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I want to. Uh work backwards a little bit and talk about the relationship between Bloodsport and uh, Peacemaker. So uh, the first time we really get something with Peacemaker is during the interaction between those two on the island where they are competing to see essentially who can kill the best. Yeah. And that was, I, I, I like that. That was funny. That, that um, might be both. one of my favorite DC comic scenes. It was like shot DC so well. Yeah. Like the continuous yeah. camera moving around them was really cool. And the way that Peacemaker 
effortlessly kills people. Like it's like he's it's like it's as normal for him as breathing. His name is Peacemaker, and he's able to do this like it's anything else. While he's just walking through, he's just throwing. He threw a hatchet at a guy, and he's doing this and that. It was just crazy. It's it's not even just that the the efficiency of it all, but it's the grisliness of it all. There's a person right. sleeping, and he he walks by and just stabs him multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Cena plays that kind of sociopathic, jingoistic American soldier to a T because like. Like a he big, is a sociopath. <laughs> uh, well, a big theme in a lot of like latter 20 half century like war movies is like the peace by any means rhetoric mm-hmm. of American foreign policy. See it in movies like Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Jacket and all these other like very famous latter 20, uh, latter half of the 20th century uh, American movies. And like John Cena is playing that type of character, I think flawlessly. He's like a G.I. Joe. Mm. Yeah. It reminded me of um, uh, U.S. Agent from yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like he totally could have played that character. Uh, also, uh, kudos to James Gunn for uh, avoiding gratuitous boob in that scene and instead putting gratuitous penis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, he said he would suck off. He would suck a million penises <laughs> yeah, on the beach. Yeah. Right? A million so. dicks. We got we got we got gratuitous boob later. I know, but yeah, you, you don't see gratuitous peeing in a lot of movies. So yeah, he kept it kudos. Kudos to Gunn. You know? Yeah. 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 Talking about Starro's boobs? No, there were straight up boobs in the no, strip club. The Starro oh, close-ups are disgusting. But speaking of the strip club scene, did you guys catch the cameo there? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yep. No. Uh, Mantis. 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 Wait, um, what? Lemon teeth, I believe her name yeah. is, or something. Oh, no. literally one one shot, maybe a second or two long. That's cool. Oh, DC's Marvel. <laughs> DC is Marvel. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we haven't spoken about Harley Quinn yet. And uh, like I said, I think that um, she was amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really enjoyed her like opening stuff. I thought it was super ridiculous and did not like the fact that, oh, she's this big celebrity in Corto Maltese. That was random. That was um, super junk. Like that was clunky, too. I mean, yeah. she was playing the Avita role. Yeah, in this movie, it's <laughs> really oh, what it was. Look at you with the real world history references. Uh, I was I was thinking about the uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, uh, Broadway play, maybe actually. <laughs> oh, showing your true cards there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, um, that didn't work for me at all. But uh, what when I turned was when she killed that guy. When she killed yeah, the president. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. Um, and then when she gets captured, how how they don't just kill her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But um, I mean, if you kill the president, like you're you're gonna die. But anyway, immediately, yeah. When they had her like held up and they're tasing her and she acts like she's passed out and then she wakes up and she starts oh yeah, people. Yeah. That was, I was like so. This is Harley Quinn. The awesome. torture Space scene expression. that Tarantino directed, right? Yep. All yeah. out those feet. And like that's that's like what I was true. Uh, that's like what I was talking about when I was I mentioned earlier just it being a really competent action movie. Like I feel like from that maybe not that point it might be a little bit earlier than that but you just have a string of really sick competent set pieces from then on like that whole sequence is awesome like the whole when the building is collapsing and you get some of those like very like disaster movie type shots like there's some great fucking stuff in this movie man and you know it's just being well yeah big time yeah especially in the in the breakout scene um 
And while she's being tased, she's like singing a song that ended up being a music cue for the song that she actually that actually played while she was breaking out. And I was like, it's also really, really clever mm-hmm. filmmaking. And they did really cool visual stuff as she was on her way out the door and stuff with the the birds and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was gonna bring that up. Harley Vision. Um, not a fan. Not really. It was clever. I mean, I could see why you didn't like it though. It was, it was distracting. I I think for me. Birds. That whole sequence, um, I don't know. I, I like it visually. Like, I like it um, for how it looks and how, how the moment plays on screen. Um, but I, I did think that uh, that section where she's kind of isolated from everybody was one of the, the pieces where the pacing of the movie, I felt mm-hmm. it a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, even there's, like, the part before that where they have, like, all these, like, romantic comedy tropes, you know, of them, like falling in love and gliding towards each other. And, and like, those things are funny and, and like, I like some of them, but you could like, if we're talking about where we could trim fat, there's probably a, a mm-hmm. good amount of fat there that you could, you could trim. That felt like the Margot Robbie show. Um, but that like, said, you have liked... Margot Robbie playing this character who people love. And people like her. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, I don't blame them for being a little indulgent. Yeah. So like the, Harley just is a perfect character for this movie in terms of her, her arc throughout the whole DC universe. Her whole arc has been about control, mm. uh, whether that's her control of uh, the Joker's control over her or her trying to like take control in her own life. And if she's part of the suicide squad, which is also controlling her there. Yeah. Um, I think that being a core piece of her character makes it work in terms of the narrative of the story. I like that. What do you guys think of the javelin stuff though with her? <laughs> I like how it never really paid off. Like, I, like it was, it was about to, and then I, I also really liked that. Like I liked that they set it up like it was gonna be this, like you know, like J.J. Abrams puzzle box thing. But she's like, mm. "What? What? Hold it for what?" <laughs> and then it just never comes up again, and she just finds it again, and is like, "Oh, cool." Well, at some point, she's like, "Oh, I know why I have yeah. this." Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Stab. he uses it to stab the eye of the star. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember when he was like. um, uh, take the high ground. I was like, she's going to stab him right in the fucking eyeball. Like we're going to get a moment yeah. of her tearing down the eyeball. And it went a little bit differently than that, but still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she, she can't give up this role. Like it's just Margot's perfect. She is Harley Quinn. And someone said uh, that this casting is the best casting since Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. I'm not sure that I agree with that, but it's up there. It's up there. Yeah, that's got to yeah, be a short list fair. if it's not, you know? Yeah. She nails yeah. it. She embodies that role so well. And she clearly has a lot of fun playing the character, which I think is, you know, that's key. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the weasel, like, pretty perfect casting. Sean Gunn. Ask me. Of course, it. the weasel would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Phil. Or well, oh, <laughs> that's me. Into my trap there. <laughs> Made my trap card. Made my trap card. Yes. Well played. Um, yeah. So as we kind of move forward through the movie, there's the whole like subplot of the uh, the resistance fighters who want to you know kill the new guard in Corto Maltese, which 
you know, leads to a pretty funny moment where the Suicide Squad think they're rescuing um, Rick Flag, but they actually killed all of the resistance fighters. <laughs> that was, that was absolutely nuts. And then Alicia Braga's character is like, all right, well, they're dead, so I guess we got to go. know. Like, what are my fucking options at this point? Completely implausible. I don't think a real person would agree to that, but, yeah, you know, okay. Yeah, it, I like that she didn't retaliate at all. Like, she... Yes basically had no problem with it right she was like these are all my friends and family but you know i guess freedom at any cost um that was a little bit of an underbaked element of the movie but i don't think it's a big deal because that really wasn't the point i like that it was a theme of the movie i guess an element of the movie um it was a good backdrop to what was happening because at the end of the day it's a good juxtaposition to what the suicide squad do which is they're a tool of like american foreign policy to depose people that undermine or threaten like frankly american resources and imports and stuff like that right or might be in some way a geopolitical threat to the united states or whatever and so the kind of really touch on that imperialistic quality of it of the suicide squad would you would you say that the resistance is trying to take back control of their country huh see this thread huh there's a thread going on here yeah, um, I, I, I think that, that all of that was like not that great. It all felt real flimsy. Um, and, you know, I wanted to talk about Starro. He obviously that's like a, uh, a ridiculous villain, yeah. um, no matter who's fighting him. Certainly wildly ridiculous <laughs> for the Suicide Squad. And, you know, I think you're, you know, you're going to land on, on one of two sides you're either going to embrace it because it's as ridiculous as this movie is and you're going to love it because of that or it's just a bridge too far for me it was a bridge too far um i don't i don't get why that made sense um i i can tell you why go ahead because starro is being controlled by the the the, the government the cordo maltese government and he also can do mind control like there's yeah, there is whole, a similarity is there. Control. Yeah. Yeah. It's all control. It's 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 gaining control and also breaking free of the control that's been on him. And in, in a way that, yeah. all of that makes sense. I didn't mean like why does it make sense in terms of the logic of the movie? I meant like he's a fucking giant star. You know? <laughs> oh, toys, maybe? But, toys? Yeah. But I, the, I, just, the, I feel the, like the, it was you a... didn't have a problem with the walking shark. <laughs> um no. It's not a bridge too far. Well, no, I, I feel like with Starro, though, like, I I, I did respond to it. Like, I, I definitely fell on that side of the fence. Um, but, I like, I see what you mean. Like, it, I my first thought when they turned around to go fight him was, like, I literally said it out loud. I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is not a Suicide Squad level villain. <laughs> like, and, and not as, like, a I can't believe this, but more just, like, a what even are they going to do? <laughs> like, and... I. I genuinely, I genuinely wondered if this was like the door being opened for like a Justice League year one thing. Like Star Wars attacking the Suicide Squad fucked off and oh, they happen to be there. Maybe we'll get a, a newspaper clip of, oh, Green Lantern and the Flash, save the day. Cool. If this were a comic book, I feel like that would have happened. And that yeah. would have been, been cool. But I have nice things loved the starro fight i, I can't too. stress that enough i love the starro stuff i thought it was incredibly silly i thought it was super surreal um 
you want to talk about thinking about where comic book movies go in like 2005 when we're in the infancy of superhero movies talk to me about starro being the main antagonist of a movie in my like youth or whatever <laughs> or whatever's left of it would have never believed that um and i like that it was like kind of like fighting zombies too like all the uh, possessed mm. people on the street i thought that was really neat and like it really wasn't terribly uh, didn't really like those people didn't terribly affect the fight or whatever but the way they actually fought star was really interesting uh with the shark with the rats with the javelin with the souped up gun that bloodshot had that was cool looking that was a cool visual yeah I... just like adding all the attachments to it and you know we just watched black widow a few weeks ago a month ago or whatever and uh that's a movie that has a thing falling out of the sky and it's threatening the entire planet that's not like the level of threat here it's like this is the star i was trying to take over a city and you're right i mean like you could say that maybe that would have it would have moved on beyond that but like that those weren't the stakes presented at that point Certainly the dictator was talking about using it to infiltrate other countries, like major countries like China, the United States, and Russia. But at that point in the movie, it was just taking over the city, and they stopped it. And I appreciate that the scale was limited to that. It was refreshing for a big boss fight at the end. And yeah. it was, it was it, this, this spectacle, it, it was, that was unique too. So I really enjoyed it. I, think, yeah, I, think- I like that it took something safe and made it weird. Like, a big fight in a city at the end of a superhero movie is very safe, but for it to be a kaiju fight against Starro um, and a legion of zombies was, like, this is novel. It feels it feels uh, like something I haven't seen a dozen times over. Yeah. Pop-Tar, how did you feel about uh, Starro being a uh, kaiju? <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Not even a question. That's one of Kale's buttons. I'm dead. Oh <laughs> my I'm dead. God. I'm dead. You just did it too. And that 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 bomb that uh that John Ostrander uh, put in your head uh, is really going to go off soon. I I saw an interview with uh, James Gunn on on Jimmy Kimmel show, except Jimmy Kimmel wasn't hosting; it was like a fill-in host. And uh, he oh, talked congratulations. about congratulations. Yeah, that was a that was a blessing. <laughs> Lucky for yeah. James Gunn. Uh, and uh, James Gunn talked about how like one of his all-time favorite runs of comics is John Ostander's Suicide Squad, and it was then I was like, oh, I guess we're in for a treat because like yeah. referencing a specific author. Ostander's in it. He's the guy that implants the uh, the bombs. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh, that's cool. That. I didn't notice that. And also, like like in Ostander's run, Jotunheim exists. It was like a Nazi like uh, facility or something where Rick Flag actually dies in that as well. So what do you know? There is, it's nice. I, I really have to read Ostrander's run. I, I didn't, it's my, one of my blind spots, but uh, it's one of my uh, blood, blood sports, but. Uh, huh. yeah. blood Good spot. one, Tyler. No, no it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Ale, Sean, Pete, still behind, oh. still, still behind Chris Pratt though. I said four names and I'm still behind him. Not by that much wow. now. Phil. I think I'm doing okay now. Hey, uh, Delta. Oh, shoot. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not in the lead. <laughs> As long as that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we've covered pretty much all the bases uh, for this movie. I mean, I got to say, like, the whole the whole uh, rat killing Starro thing, I just, I just loved it. it. Oh, I loved it. that. Yeah. It I, was... I 
perfect. So. I love superpowers like that. I love superpowers that are like, that's a really weird random power. And then like the more you think about it, the more you're like, that's actually devastating. And that's definitely what that would be. If you could command an army of rats to do anything, to swarm like ants, you could annihilate pretty much anybody. Dude, you ever get bitten by a rat? Yeah, that shit hurts. Fuck no. No, I've never been bitten by a rat. You <laughs> asked that as if that's a common occurrence. Butcher had four rats, right? So Yeah, I had I had four rats. Um, you, wanna, you wanna talk about plot armor though. Damn, the scene where Starro is dispersing all the little Starros. And yeah, Rat Cratch are not getting like infected or whatever makes sense. She put on the mask, but like Harley Quinn not getting infected. She just never <laughs> had a mask on it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's a little Okay. I think, yeah, My... I think I think the thing for me too was that many rats. Like I I could buy a swarm of rats coming up to kill Starro, but like I mean... there was a point where I was like, okay, this is a ridiculous amount of rats. Where are these rats coming from? I don't think you know how many rats are in any given place. Like the... I'm not, and I'm not claiming to, but that was a fuck ton of rats. Yeah, I'm saying they're, that was like loyal to rat catcher too. Okay, they'll do, they'll it, do what she wants. It takes time. Like they instantly appear. Yeah. And did they I mean, did they come from the sea? Like what <laughs> sewer Sewers. rats. Sewers. Sewer rats. Yeah. Okay. So that's ten more rats. Like do you, you know what I'm no, saying? Like, no, that's the thing though, is like rats they're be, rat, rats a lot of really rats. Shut up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There that was a lot of rats. That was a World War Z level of rats. I'll I give agree. you that, but I'm just saying, like I, and listen, I'm not discounting you. I'm not discounting that. I lived in New York. Here. I lived <laughs> yeah. in New York City. I know rats. She could have turned the device on earlier. Fair enough. These could be jungle rats. Jungle rats. Nice. I jungle also rats. Starro threw out. It, it looked like hundreds mm-hmm. of Starros. And that was irrelevant. But yep. the rats that instantly appeared were enough to defeat this giant monster. Yeah, like tell you, they hurt, dude. They hurt. I, I, yeah, I for me, this the Starro thing was like it. It was more to add like a, a time limit. You know, like eventually these Starro zombies are going to close in on on Bloodsport and Ratcatcher, and then that's it. They ain't getting out of this one, but. They worked their magic on Starro quick enough that it worked. We're, yeah, you know, that's we're, how we're, I interpret it. We're talking about the believability of a swarm <laughs> of rats eating a giant mind-controlling starfish. So, I mean, it's okay. A, but I, I, I can give you the. I, I can give you my theory here. <sighs> um, it's because so Starro represents control, right? And what did we realize with Ratcatcher? Ratcatcher is friends with her rats. There's no control there. They do things because she's friends. They with do them. things because she has a magic wand that tells yeah. Her, yeah. But, tells them what to do. But she's control. friends with them. She's friends with them. There's no control. She's not controlling King Shark. She uh, says, hey, I, I want to be your friend. It's you more of like a loyalty. Him. So it's he's not it's a rat. The, of course, there's yeah. control. She, she has a device that I, forces them to do I her think will. It's what? more loyalty. Her whole power people. is controlling rats. Bloodshark, you sound like a controlling friend. I'm not being controlling. I, You're doing these things for me out of the kindness hey, of your soul. As let my me friend. gaslight you, Weasel, okay? That's right. <laughs> I'm just trying to um, let my degree do something right now. God. <laughs> there's one other scene I do want to talk about that was also a, a, a solid action scene. It's the scene where we finally have the showdown between uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker. God. And it was, was so good. 
it was teased earlier in the movie when they were in like the prison cells that was the first time they met each other and they were being kind of measured up against each other about the smaller bullet and that was a great payoff from an action scene standpoint that was really really good in fact i was actually really disappointed to see peacemaker die like he did i didn't i actually thought that character's not going to die because they have an hbo series coming out but um did you like, say oh, after it must credits? be a prequel or yeah, something. He, he didn't. He didn't die. There's an after credit scene. Oh, I didn't stick for the after yeah. credit. He's alive. Oh, yeah, he's alive. Uh, you know, if you're in the yeah. if you're in the Discord, you would know that there was a uh, an after credit scene. There's two after credit scenes. Well, actually. I'm not gonna lie. I fell asleep during the credits. So <laughs> there's another after credit scene where Weasel is live. I saw oh, that. Yeah. I saw that one. With he's alive with a full moon. So is he a werewolf? A weasel. A weasel. So. But yeah, that, that that was a that was a great scene between the two. Love that. Yeah, the the I, shot of yeah. the helmet, I thought was really cool, like where the fights reflected in Peacemaker's helmet, yeah, and it's rotating around it. That was neat. I think, and I think for me, that's where a lot of my criticism of the of the climax comes from. That I felt more emotional resonance towards that encounter mm. than I did the Starro stuff. That felt mm. tacked on when you compare it to what was really what the movie had been about. Yeah, that's uh, fair for the entire time. I considered that as well. I definitely think that's fair to say. I just, you know, trying to starfish. It was fine. Yeah, it was like I, I didn't, I didn't care enough about it because I'm like, this is so big and dumb and fun, and I'm having a good time with it. That like, eh, I'll accept. We it. Didn't, we haven't talked about Polka Dot Man. Did you guys feel anything when I was actually? He, uh... I was sad when he died. I because I wanted. I was like, I would like him and Ratcatcher to make it to the end because they're both just yeah. like, you know, they didn't really do anything wrong. I knew someone had to go. Yeah. And um, he was the yeah. obvious candidate. He was a little fucked up dude, huh? Yeah. <laughs> With the fucking polka dots on his face, the backstory, like the Norman uh, Norman Bates comparison. For like a mainstream big blockbuster superhero movie, and that's not a villain. Mind you, was a little fucked up guy. He was. <laughs> would you Would you call this a mainstream? It's yeah. rated R. I don't I think. think so. hmm. Yeah, I mean, less mainstream than the stuff that's all ages, but it's still. Still a big it's a major blockbuster. blockbuster. There were kids in my theater, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those kids, <laughs> those kids <laughs> saw some shit. They got an eyeful of John Cena's junk and tidy whiteies. I mean, kids yeah, anymore. they also saw they like a the... fucking dude's head get cut in half by John Cena, and it slid, and you saw the cross-section of his brain. Like That's, that's <laughs> the, real, the real meaning of hustle, loyalty, and respect right there. <laughs> uh, I like Polka Dot Man until... We constantly had to see his mom everywhere. Uh, I thought that was overused when Starro was his mom. <laughs> all all of my interest in that whole entire scene went out the window. Um, I just couldn't take it seriously anymore. Uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, good. He died. Great. Um, I liked him up until then. One scene I wanted to point out, though, I feel like this movie wants to be edgy so bad, but it, it knows that there's certain, certain places it can't go. Yeah. This might be a controversial thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. So when they're, I think they're in the bar, maybe it's when they're in the bar, but there's a certain point at which they call someone calls polka dot man, a pussy, right? You guys remember that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. Kind of. I feel like if this movie were released 10, 12 years ago, they'd have called him gay or it would have been a gay joke instead of mm. just calling him pussy and in my mind i'm like if that if you're not gonna go all the way don't even say that because 
I don't even think you should be saying that. Um, the saying calling someone a pussy, you know, like so. If you're not gonna do that, just don't even don't even beat around the bush. I feel like calling someone a pussy has like a specific connotation. It's like when yeah. someone is too chicken to do something. That's when you like kind of pull that out as an insult. I think at a different time, those words were borderline interchangeable. I don't think so. Like I feel like I think so. I think I think the I think the 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 result is to to prove like this hyper masculine view on this guy who has mommy issues and like that's the goal and i think they achieved it for what it was but i don't think the wording matters yeah i i didn't even clock it i don't remember until you mentioned it to be honest yeah same i didn't i didn't clock it either um yeah so uh polka dot man was all right um i got a kick out of him the way he expelled that was uh, fucked up yeah do you guys know what is actual like the comic polka dot man does he just throw polka dots i don't think they're matter eating viruses right you're thinking of the spot i couldn't tell you um did you like the uh calendar man uh cameo was calendar man in this yeah Yeah, sean gunn in the prison when he's making fun of polka dot man that's calendar man Man? oh my god that's fun uh, what did you guys think about Amanda Waller? Oh yeah, let's see. That's Viola Davis. I think next to Harley Quinn is the uh, the best casting uh, uh, in the DC scary. universe. Yeah. She's so intense. Yeah, <laughs> she might be the best actor in the DC universe. Like oh, just in terms of sheer acting, maybe I think. And I think they really upped her intensity in this movie to the point where I'm like, oh, this feels like more like what the actual comic book version was. I think they just made her mean in the first one where this one, she was literally ruthless in everything she did. Very she, calculating. Yeah. yeah. She, she embodied like everything that uh, personifies like American foreign policy as a person. It was pretty scary. Um, but with regard to like best actor, I don't know. Sylvester Stallone was the shark in this movie. It's true. It's true. And he didn't even change his voice either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, it's just normal. It's his normal voice now. <laughs> I liked her. Um, I thought Viola Davis was one of the best parts of the original film. Mm. And um, here I, I felt they almost went campy with her at certain points. Like too far? Yeah. And then when she gets knocked out, I was like, oh, come on. Um, I just don't feel like anyone would have the balls to do that. I think they foreshadowed that okay, though, because there was already like a sense of like, oh, shit, what the fuck is she doing? Like, like uh, ooh. I don't I mean, even think she would have surrounded herself with those kinds of workers. Yeah, like, I didn't even buy that. That's sure. fair. Like the guy's like, "Oh, we're gonna kaiju." I was like, "That guy, that kind of guy, wouldn't be there." Yeah, because this is like her thing. She wouldn't hire someone like that. Yeah, that's yeah. totally reasonable. I, I definitely don't think it's gonna happen twice. To your but point, like they, they put themselves in a corner where it's like she's about to detonate those bombs, and it's just like you got to remove her from the equation somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it. I'm uh, excited for Peacemaker. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, yeah, I really didn't have any interest in it before this, and yeah, I mean, especially that I know James Gunn was involved at some capacity creatively. Yeah, I'll show up for it. Kind of wish he was just dead. Me too. Yeah. One and done. Yeah, not because I don't want, not because I don't think John did a good job, or I don't Killed want it. more. Um, it's just because I think that that was a great place to end his character. And that's it. But hey, if we're going to get more, I'm not going to complain. Sure. Yeah. 
uh, final thoughts and a rating. What's your rating score out of? Just so I know. We usually do like a 10 point scale. 10 point scale. Okay. But like we also allow for like points. So it's more like a 20 point or 100 point scale if you want to say like a 9.8, whatever. I was going to go by a 27 letter scale. Okay. Great. Yeah. 27 letters, huh? Yeah. Uh huh. The letter one at the end. Right. Um, Uh, I. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I liked the movie. I thought it was was good. Uh, I think if this was more of a generic going, so to speak, of a superhero movie. In other words, if like we had a similar script, but James Gunn wasn't the director, I don't know if I would have been as bullish on this movie as I was because I think there were yeah. scripting issues. I think there were pacing issues. But I think a lot of the credit of this movie really goes to the direction of the movie. I think that's and, and the performances, like Sean said at the very beginning, performances were very, very good. Even though I didn't feel a strong connection with most of the characters, the acting made up, they did a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, it was nice to see a movie like this because it, it felt like uh, it had been a really long time, honestly. So uh, I want to say um, I'm going to give this uh, like a eight, eight point three, something like that. Point three, huh? Okay. Very specific. Oh. I was crazy about this movie. Um, I think it does suffer some James Gunn, uh, some James Gunniness. Um, and I would, I mean, I would love that critique at, you know, the Guardians films as well. Um, both really good, but at times it it takes it just a bit too far. Um, but overall, I think what it sets up, it pays off, and um, it's a solid, solid action flick that uh it's just it's fun it's really really fun um so it's like an eight and a half nine for me yeah i'm i'm similar i would say i think i i think i'd give it a hard nine um like it it it, i think to build off uh, a point that weasel made uh earlier hey got it right that's Uh, back in the game I I do think that the the script isn't the strong point necessarily. Like I think that there are there are um, good jokes, there are beats that are are well crafted. But I I think where this movie really does shine is in its direction, um, and in, in its action sequences, and in in the character, um, the portrayals of the characters. Really, um, I think that like. I did say earlier, like, I think the script does its characters a lot of favors in terms of setting up opportunities for you to like them, either because, you know, maybe you do connect with it emotionally, but I think even if you don't, um, they do a lot of shit that's cool or funny or memorable enough for you to, like, want to root for them. And I think that's as far as we needed to get with this, right? It is a movie about villains. Like, we don't need to love them. They don't need to be the most human characters. We need to like them enough. And I think that, like... At the very minimum, I think you achieve that with the main cast, and I think it got farther than that with a couple of them where I did care about them and I did want to see them make it, you know, um, which I really wasn't expecting to feel. I wasn't expecting to feel an emotional core through this movie, um, but maybe I should have because it was a James Gunn joint. Um, I do think that it has that James Gunn flavor, but um, as someone who's generally a fan of, of his stuff, like, I think that's why it works. Um, it is 
gross and gritty and and some of those things, but it also it also has some heart and and a lot of fun to be had. So yeah, um, it's not a groundbreaking movie, but it's a extremely fun movie, and it's a movie that I think is is definitely worth your time um, if you're in the mood for something that's just a good time. Yeah, I think for me, um, the fact that there is a there is now a DC movie out there that is a funny, but also kind of kind of gritty in a way. A little, little it gets in the in the mud a bit, um, but actually allows color to be in the movie uh, is is great. Uh, seeing Peacemaker being able to actually wear bright uh, reds and blues uh, makes me think they should have been able to do that with another character uh, in the DC universe. Um, I. Which one? Uh, I think uh, I think Batman had a like a Zuranar suit. I don't know. Um, oh, that's purple. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, dope. so I, I I really I really liked it. Um, this this I'm a Suicide Squad fan from the comic books. So honestly, maybe it's just in comparison to the original movie that I'm viewing it through this lens. But I, I thought this was a fantastic movie. I would probably <laughs> give it. Uh, I'm gonna say eight point seven, not my scale. Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, Phil. I think Phil went. It's you, Sean. No, yeah, we're. Oh, oh that was the first oh, one. Okay. Yeah, Delta. Yeah. Uh, oof. Uh, oh wait, oh wait, God. oh wait. Delta, are you gonna say how you feel about James Gunn's comments yeah, about? Okay, absolutely. all right. This is where I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm ready for this. Okay. So, I think that this movie is very good however james gunn said that superhero films have gotten boring and that superhero films are you know running the risk of no longer being interesting in a mainstream sense going the way of the western or the uh you know the military film or whatever war movies and i certainly do not think that this movie is exemplary of what has to be happening in comic book movies for that to not be the case. I think that in a lot of ways, this is this feels like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and I don't think that it's riskier than Guardians in the sense that it does things that you don't expect outside of the fact that it's R-rated, right? Sure. So obviously you can't compare them in that way because this is R that that one's not. But if you just, if you remove that part of it from the equation, they don't feel dissimilar. And I don't see how you can say that superhero movies are boring when you've now made three and each one of them feels kind of like the last one. Uh, I'll be interested to see how people feel this holds up in a few years. Um, some of the opinions about Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 have uh, soured over time. Um, I know for me they have, but I've also seen a lot of commentary about especially the second one. Um, yeah. not necessarily being quite as good these days. I mean, James Gunn would know a boring superhero movie. He made Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So I prefer that one <laughs> of the first one. And really? Dragon. <laughs> I genuinely agree with that. But that being said, I think that if you put that aside, uh, the casting was amazing. Some of the best cast, maybe the best overall cast in a DC movie, um, including Justice League. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And the best acting the best action sequences probably i would i would prefer what we saw in Zack snyder's justice league but that's most likely just more personal i think 
more people would agree with the idea that this movie had better action. And, um, you know, it felt like a comic book. And that is the best um, uh, point of praise that I can offer a comic book movie until we get out of the phase where, where these movies are ashamed of what they are. So um, hats off to everybody involved. I give it an eight. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for our review. If you disagreed with us, if you agreed with us, write in to us and let us know. Hit us at thecomicspilesatgmail.com. Uh, leave a rating, a review, a follow, wherever you're listening. Subscribe on YouTube. Like the video. Share it with your friends. Hit the notification bell. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. And listen to our main show. Uh, our main show drops every single Monday. Uh, we talk about characters like these and all the places you can find them. Final tally for the score. Uh, I do want to make sure we we give the final score here. So Pete, it's it's over now. It's over now. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Pete is uh, a six. Uh, I came in at a four. Uh, Kale had one, although. To be fair to Kale, we do have to check. We do have to go it's back. Questionable. Yeah. It, it, I'm not going to argue with that. We'll go back. Um, Phil had four, although they were all deliberate. And uh, if we're going to have a winner, Tyler would win because he never uh, broke the rule. Pronouns, baby. <laughs> there you go. Nailed it. Uh, so I always forget names, so that's that's I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope you haven't forgotten our names. Jesus. I know your name, um, Kale. That's fine. don't ever don't ever uh with that we're the comics pal signing off take care guys see you next time oh man pete lost that in style